Welcome to the pilot episode of No Apology with Emily and Chris. We are Emily and Chris Danielson, and we are going to have some open, honest, unapologetic discussions about things like uh, the Bible, Christian living, Bible apologetics, um, all that kind of stuff. And I bet we're going to do it with no apology. With no apology. That's exactly how we're going to do it. Apologetics with no apology. And we, I guarantee you, though, we will be laughing louder, digging deeper, and living larger in the Lord Jesus Christ. On this pilot episode, Al Robertson from Duck Dynasty is going to be our special guest. Also, we're going to introduce you to our news director, Mike Shaw, will be joining us. And then we're going to close out today with like journey information, information about our journey and how you can participate. But we start today with whatever is on Emily's mind. Yeah. We call it Emily's Sorry Not Sorry. <laughs> Where are you going right now, Emily? Sorry Not Sorry, but I've been thinking a lot lately about that Asbury revival. Now, I rem- I know that happened a little while ago, but I just started thinking just the other day, I'm like, that just really dropped off the face of the earth, like, overnight, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. And, and when we started talking about the Asbury revival, as we're putting FreshRoadMedia.com together, mm-hmm. it was like, this is why we have to have a show. Yeah. We have to have a show so that we can talk about why this revival might not really be the revival you think it is. It was interesting as it developed, though. I liked following it along, seeing what was going on. But the one thing that really stood out to me that I noticed is that people started using a lot of words that, you know, it's like that Indigo Montoya meme. You keep using that word, and I don't think you know what it means. Yes. You know? All I can think of is, you killed my father, prepare to die. (laughs) But that's not what you were talking about. Okay. Not at all. You keep using that word, and I don't think you know what that word means. I think it applies here. I totally do. Um, Because, first of all, it starts with the word revival. Right. And I was really, really, really fortunate growing up in small town, rural Minnesota, back in the, let's just say, many moons ago. (laughs) uh, I went into history class. I went into science class, and I was taught those subjects with a biblical worldview. In the public school system. Yeah, we, we were, we're know, old enough right? to remember when education was education. Yeah. And not exactly. uh, behavior modification, mind uh, control. My sister and I, I remember talking, uh, our science teacher taught us that uh, evolution is a flawed theory. Yeah. Guess what we learned in history class? Tell me. We learned about the Great Awakenings and the movements mm. that rippled through the brand new Americas. And it and was really it, interesting. Yeah, isn't it sad that today... The Mayflower Compact you, is edited down mm-hmm. to where they don't even have the real purpose as to. I mean, it, the, the Mayflower right. basically was a church plant in a foreign land. Basically. Right. That's true. That's true. So one of the things that yeah I talked about and when I was in junior high was revival. What did mm-hmm. that look like? What did that mean? Because we've seen many throughout. Dun da da da. History. <laughs> so we well, got to see, talk I, about those I things. I thought we were going to talk about how education has failed us. But, well, that'll be for another episode, <laughs> not the pilot. We're talking about when the Asbury revival happened, there were some things that went down that I, I'm so glad you want to talk about this on yeah. the pilot episode of your first show that I get to be a part of. Yeah. And so... it's pretty interesting what has actually transpired there. Exactly. Well, let's go back just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Just in case you weren't awake (laughs) a little while ago, uh, Asbury College, which is in Kentucky. Yes, Kentucky. um, 
students got together for a service. Well, that service kind of carried over and continued on. The president then of the college, I believe his last name is Brown, um, sent out an email then to everybody throughout the college just letting them know, hey, this this worship is continuing, so everybody's welcome. Come on and join us. It was a, just a very simple, like, two-sentence Yeah, I was pretty, uh, pretty, email I was pretty encouraged that these students just kept worshiping and kept yeah. worshiping and kept worshiping. And by day three, that's when I'm thinking, okay, there might be something more to this. And I wasn't thinking more, like, as in more from the Holy Spirit. I was thinking as in there might be more contriveness behind the scenes. And so my, you know, my radar went up for what is actually going on here. Right, and it's not, you know, to, hey, you know, lower the hammer and make people feel bad or condemn no, people or anything no, like any that. any kind but of revival is good it's revival. It's really, you know, one of the first things that came out was the word revival. That's what it was tagged at. Yeah. As. And the problem with that was it doesn't match up to what the definition of a revival really is. I want to see lost people get saved. Lost that's people the revival saved. part. Well, that's the beginning of it. Right. But is there really going to be a, a revival? Because there can be definitely situations where there are groups of people, large numbers of people that do get saved. It doesn't necessarily create a revival. Right. Okay. What happens with a revival is that it does spread Lives are changed. People are born again. And people now see the world very differently than what they did before they were changed or before they were saved. Right. So what happens then? What happens? These people that have just been given eyes to see and ears to hear, they now look at their culture and they're like, life needs to change. You know, that transformed life. Yeah. I can't keep living the way I was living before. There is a so, different there's a definite difference. It makes a yeah. difference when once you're saved and you're soundly exactly. saved. Exactly. So and that that's what I kept looking for. Exactly. And then so what happens is when this happens to so many people over a you know, however long it takes, it doesn't necessarily have to happen over a weekend. It can happen over months or a few years or whatever. Um, these people who have fresh eyes and fresh ears, they will not live the way they have before. There's still a part of culture that wants to continue on the status quo, and that can't happen. And what do you have then? You have this clash. You have this clash between culture and all these new believers. Now, so much so, going back to the history books, there's people that will say um, you know, it's because of those great awakenings in the United States that wars eventually broke out. That's true, mm -hmm. because it's through those great awakenings that people came to the realization then that, hey, you know what, slavery? No. When we lay it down to the gospel of Jesus Christ, no, all men are are created by God for his purpose, equal in his sight, so yeah. on. And that conflict, that confrontation Read, uh, leads to a clash in culture. So, so you're not seeing the clash in culture no. here. Is that is that where you're going? That's part of it. I, I I don't know what you're saying. Well, that is part of it. That's where I'm saying now you're seeing revival where culture is changed, like the Great Awakenings, like the Great Awakenings yeah, when you easy. have the um you know the abolition of slavery when you have the civil rights movement that again. The church was behind that, and right culture changed from that day forward. And so that's what we mean when we are talking about authentic, true 
revival. And so when people are throwing this word revival around, my big concern is if you really know what revival is, are you ready for that clash of culture? Because it has, even in the past, led to full-on, full-blown war yeah. over what is right and what is good. And I don't think, for the most part, people in the United States, Christians in the United States, associate that confrontation with revival. They just think it's this nice little happy, yeah. ooh, doesn't it feel good? It's like, well, mm, there's more to it than that. I am known as the Bible idiot. I, I come down on the Bible side, and this is our pilot episode of Emily's new show, which is called No Apology with Emily Danielson. We had to change the name to start to No Apology with Emily and Chris, because here I am talking a lot, and I can't talk a lot if it's your show. But anyway, glad you're here. I'll let you talk a lot. I Thank like you. when you talk. I appreciate that. <laughs> My take on the Asbury Revival is this. Okay. I don't want to diss anybody that's trying to promote the Spirit of God working in people's lives. So I don't want to go all negative Nancy on this. Right, I, I right. don't want to be, uh, you know, somebody who just comes in and drops the hammer. But on the other hand, on the other hand, I am so <laughs> anti-manipulation right. that I really, really think it affects authentic Christianity in America. Yeah. It's why I'm a pastor. I want to share the authentic gospel truth. And here's what happened at Asbury. There were some really awesome people that we know from other states that traveled to Kentucky to want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with them. Solid folks in the Lord, right? Yep. And then there's other testimonies of people who, when they got in the chapel, they felt different and all this other stuff. And some of the video coming out, which yeah. they tried to eliminate, they didn't want a lot of that video coming out because that didn't really go with the narrative of what they wanted to do. It really showed that there was something else going on at Asbury College other than authentic Christ-following revival going mm, on. Yeah. So I'm I'm here to testify, and that's part of this pilot show, mm -hmm. is so you get to know who we are. We're going to stand on the truth, whatever the truth might be, mm -hmm. and the truth is Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and right. the life. Yeah. And so if anybody, I don't care who they are, I don't care what flag they wave, whatever mm -hmm. color it is, or, or whatever their testimony is, it has to line up with Scripture. And there's Absolutely. too much of the Asbury College revival mm. that didn't line up with Scripture, in my opinion. Well, that, you bring up a really good point that there wasn't a lot of... Um, uh, there weren't people saying, I want to go and find out what's going on and then come out of that with a unbiased critique of what was going on. The only things we were allowed to see were, you know, videos from the participants itself that found its way out. Yeah. That's all we really knew. And I was a little bit, oh, I don't even know what the word, I was confused. Well, I was confused. some of that video is just such a turnoff. Well, I mean, what what are you guys doing? <laughs> and 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 here's, here's another thing uh, you got to remember is that their website, the college website on day two or three had a media inquiry about the revival, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. so... And this is what, how many revivals have they had in the last 100 That's years? That's one thing that kind of marks the Asbury College. Asbury himself, the person whom the college was named after, um, there was a revival. And so that that's part of the whole heritage of that college is great. You want to see revival. I love that. I'm on board with that. Mm -hmm. But over the course of history, they have their college documenting, well, we had a revival in 1970 and we had a revival another 15 years later, and we had another revival 20 years after that. And it's like, oh, how many revivals have you had, and why have I never heard about them? You know what I mean? So 
Um, if you, it, it, at the end, at the end of the two weeks, there was the word contrived was all over this thing, in my opinion. Now, if you're listening to us for the very first time and you're saying, hey, no apology with Chris and Emily or with Emily and Chris must be this rage against the machine, anti, you know, everything's bad. No, that's no. not it. We just need to have somebody without apologizing point to some factual things that are going on, whether it's climate change or Asbury College or the vaccine or whatever the case might be. That's the stuff we want to talk about. And when it comes to Asbury is that there was so much that came out of that that showed to me it wasn't biblical Christianity in a lot of ways. But on the other hand, there was a lot of people that drew closer to the Lord during it, which is why people like me cringe when we want to criticize it, because we don't want to criticize anything of the Lord but I'm sorry it wasn't a revival. And what it turned out to be in a big chunk was actually stuff that goes directly against authentic Christianity. There's been a push against Asbury College for a very long time to go liberal, to accept homosexuality, to accept transgenderism and things like that. And they have, I don't know a lot about the college. I think they have, for for in a large part, really held to a lot of those biblical Truths and the big biblical worldview, but again, yeah, there I don't, is a I don't push, know the difference. I mean, and I I'm think not that, that schooled on it, but and I, I, I believe you. And I think that push comes not just from outside, but comes from within it as well, inside. But here's that that gets me to another point, though, too, when it comes to revival. Okay, um, this is a college campus, mm-hmm. and then we saw other college campuses mimicking it, which right. you know what, yep. that's great. If you yep. want to stay in worship, you know, for a long time, that's great. Um, but it was kind of crazy to see a lot of those other colleges trying to mimic it. Like, hey, we have Jesus too. <laughs> Let's get our name in the paper. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, we, how did we count like five other little Christian colleges trying to do the right, same thing? Right, right. But here's the thing, though. Um, you're, you're a college student. Like, skipping school is like kind of what you do. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, okay, if you were a workaday guy with like five kids to feed, mm-hmm. and y- you wouldn't be doing that. Right. You know what I mean? So, re- real revival has to happen to the culture as a whole, mm-hmm. not to one little sector of people who it's within their realm very easily to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very easy. To well, instead of going into class today, I'm going to go down to the chapel for a few hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it was it was more than that as well. And and let's just move on from the Asbury College thing because I wanted to talk about this when you said you were going to launch this new show and yeah. I had to be a part of it. And that now I'm sitting here and I'm doing what being I'm told. A part. Yes, being a part. <laughs> the reason I want to talk about it is because I think that eyes to see and ears to hear. There are people out there that will get what I'm saying. Right. And they need a show like this. They want a show where we're going to, without apology, say, look, there was a lot of liberal homosexual agenda as part of the Asbury College so-called revival. Yeah. In that world, they also then tried to manipulate what what media left and what media came in. And so the, yeah, the YouTube did. videos that, that came off of iPhones that were also, by the way, you were told not to bring your iPhone in or not to turn it on when you were in there. Mm-hmm. That It showed a lot of things that, to be honest with you, don't line up with scripture. That's okay. that's all I can say. And again, I don't want to be negative, Nancy, or critical, but we we chose this topic to launch our pilot show with so that people could hear from us yeah. about just hey, these are some truths we uncovered. We're we're not judging anything. We're not criticizing anything. We're just pointing it out. A, 
it wasn't a revival. B, there's tons of evidence that show that it wasn't really biblical Christianity. And C, flip side, there were a lot of people that went there that got a little something out of it, and I hope they grow in their, their faith. And I can't tell you how those three things can possibly line up together, but that's what I witnessed a month ago when that went down. That was one of the things I was actually trying to find out was, what's the message coming out of there? Because along with awakenings, along with revival, there's always something God is wanting to to convey to a a culture. And so, you know, you go through the civil rights movement. We know what that message was. You go through the abolishment, you know, in the Civil War. We know what the message was there. There's always a preaching, teaching element with a very definable message coming out Mm -hmm. of it. And there wasn't any of that. Right. I, I, I couldn't, for the life of me, I couldn't find what was actually being said within that chapel. And so that was I when some of that most... was released, when some of that was released, we found out it wasn't that great right, what was yeah. being said. I mean, chanting for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, a, yeah. a worship chorus, is that really revival? Anywho, Anywho. the point is we wanted to start with that in, in our opening segment today of Emily's new show, No Apology with Emily and Chris. And we had a segment on our radio show, by the way, if you're just checking us out for the very first time, we are a married couple, 38 years. At the end of the broadcast, we're going to cover more of this in detail to get you to know us a little bit better. Um, but we had a segment on our show. We did over 3,000 shows together called Devotions in Motion. And so we like a Bible apologetics. We like devotions. But I, we said all that about Asbury to kind of set up my devotion, and that is there are progressions in Scripture right now that are manifesting themselves in our culture. Ooh, interesting. And these are not spinning upward progressions. These are more of a downward spiral. Oh, okay. And Dr. Del Tackett wrote a blog in July 2021 talking about this, and it's just, it's so appropriate when you put it through the lens of not just Asbury College, but all these things like it, progressive mm-hmm. Christianity, mm-hmm. a lot of different things that are out there. Well, one of the progressions comes primarily from Proverbs, where we are introduced to three kinds of people. Okay. Okay? There is the simple, there is the fool, and there is the scoffer. And they are continually contrasted with the wise, and we meet all of them in Proverbs one twenty two. You know what it says? I do not know off the top of my head. Well, allow me, sweet lady, to tell you what it is. (laughs) It says, how long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Ooh. The criticism, somebody somebody did a much more harsher critique on Asbury, so-called revival, than what we just did for 15 minutes. And this person was just lamb-blasted as being somebody who who just could not handle that something might be happening charismatically that they didn't understand. And to be honest with you, the more you looked at their lamb blasting this person, in my opinion, they became the fool that hated knowledge in Proverbs chapter 1. Uh, that was something I kind of noticed, too, in doing just the research, because I was trying to find information about what was actually going on. Um, I found that people who did, who were skeptical or who you know, didn't just totally embrace it. They were lamb blasted. That's not the mark of a Christian movement at <laughs> no. all. No. That people go, what? I don't know if I believe that. Is that true? Let's look at, you know, and take a critical look at something. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to do that. I, know. I mean, the Bible says, 
test everything. Well, the rest of my devotion goes into fall. Uh, falm. <laughs> I haven't been on the air in a while. I haven't been in Falm. Falm fourteen one. Psalm fourteen one. The fool says in his heart. <laughs> yes, there's a foam out there. <laughs> there is no God. Yeah. They are corrupt and their deeds are vile. Mm. That's that's what the Bible actually says. Proverbs 21, 24. Now we are descending down to the scoffer. Okay. The scoffer is now here. All right. And in the fa- fallen world, the, the fool can de- descend to the scoffer, which becomes a militant fool. They're angry. They're arrogant. Ah, I see those people yes. a lot. <laughs> and and the and the scoffer in is the name of the arrogant haughty man who okay. acts with arrogant pride in Proverbs 21, 24. See, that's really and, good. I okay, like that. Okay, let me finish. Okay. And then, then it's you, okay? Uh the Proverbs twenty two ten says, Drive out a scoffer, and strife will go out, and mm-hmm. quarreling and abuse will cease. They are literally a an affront, a horror to culture right, right now. I mean, right. and and so we are living in that, and that's why we want to do this show so that we can stand on the authentic gospel. What we don't want to do is have this angry rage against the machine. Everything's wrong, but we want to <laughs> I like have my anger sometimes. <laughs> but we want to have the joy of our salvation, and in the joy of our salvation in authentic biblical Christianity, it's hard to put up with the nonsense. And so somebody's got to point it out. And And that's what I love about this, because what you just said there, Chris, it really defines scoffer for me. Like, I understand that word better. I can use that word better. I can identify a scoffer better. Same with revival. Mm -hmm. You know, let's understand what that really, really means. Words have meaning. Yeah, when we throw that word around, understand what that means. That means, you know, culture conflict should then be right around the corner. Are you prepared for that? That type of stuff. That's how we grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why I just, you know, I want people to grow. And part of that is just understanding some of those words that we've actually lost the definition of through that deconstructionist view of language and history and law and all those things. So... Well, this is the pilot episode of No Apology with Emily and Chris. Al Robertson from Duck Dynasty is our special guest. He's standing by. A little bit later in the program, Mike Shaw. He's our news Mike director. Shaw. We can't wait to introduce him to you. And then as we're closing out today's broadcast, if you stick around, we're going to share with you some of our journey information and some of the things that we've been doing to get this show to you and how you can participate. It's going to be exciting times. So don't go anywhere. We're back right around the corner here on FreshRoadMedia.com. Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Emily's everyday wisdom and sensible approach is award-winning. Even through the horrible things of the world, he will bring glory to himself. Put that alongside her husband, Chris, whose comedic communication has impacted and inspired audiences for decades. It's a unique, relatable approach that can truly educate the listener in Christian living and apologetics. Wow, that's kind of (laughs) deep. It's not like anything you've ever heard before. Now you can tune into a show that will make you think, laugh, learn, and lighten the load of life with a hope that can only come from God. And Emily and Chris do so without apologizing. The best part, they're regular folks, just like you. Sorting through it all and standing firm on an authentic gospel message. No apology with Emily and Chris. 
a weekly download at freshroadmedia.com, the one show that can really come alongside and speak to you and your life. Oh, and have some fun and be entertaining at the same time. Right now is the perfect time to once again dig deeper, laugh louder, and live larger for the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. This is going to be good. Apology with Emily and Chris, a product of FreshRoadMedia.com. We're going to be having you laughing louder, digging deeper, and living larger in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got a great program scheduled for you today. In fact, we told you the guest, uh, the guest of honor on our yes. pilot episode is none other than Al Robertson from Duck Dynasty, and he joins us now on our guest cam and our guest microphone. Al, how's it been going for you, man? Man, it's been going great. How are you guys doing? We're, we're settling into Iowa. We've been here for about eight months, and believe it or not, they love me here, Al. Yeah. They do. <laughs> well, that's shocking, but, 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 good, but good to hear. It's good yeah, to know that you're loved, Chris. It's always good yeah. to know that. Uh, yeah. Chris I'm not little, surprised. Chris has I'm been a surprised. little whiny with the, with the winter hanging on so long, but he, he's going to be okay, I think. Yeah, I'm going to do just fine. Al, you, you and I, we did some stuff with Bible Idiots, and we've also done some speaking stuff together. But for the last three years, like, like a year before COVID and then all through COVID, we haven't touched base much, but you guys got off with Unashamed with, with your dad and your brother and some other things have been going on. But I, I always kind of keep up that you guys are still doing some marriage ministry. So you, I don't know if you even remember this, but you were the first guest on the Bible Idiots podcast. And you were the first guest on the Chris Danielson show that lasted 10 minutes in Birmingham. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> it's like every time I start a new project, I call you up and you're like, all right, I'll, I'll come, come hang out with you. I, I'm not sure if I'm like the, your, your, your flagship or your sinking ship. <laughs> I may be the kiss of death. <laughs> you, yeah. might have, you might have put me down the line somewhere just to see if it works out before you. <laughs> Oh, that's I, funny. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm the breaking the Baba bubbly on the Titanic every time I come on one of your new projects. So <laughs> yeah, we are kind of a walking Titanic, aren't we? Well, uh, we don't we don't call you the kiss of death out loud. <laughs> <laughs> At least not to my face. Right? Yeah, no, it's been a blessing just the stuff that we've gotten to do. The biggest thing that we've gotten to do, though, is we've gotten to see the Lord do incredible things through uh, our my family, our efforts, and of course through your family and, and your guys' efforts. But what's been going on lately? What, what, what do you see happening? Unashamed is just off the rails successful. You got to be pleased about that because I remember we were actually talking in West Monroe one time, like one of the last times we were on about you starting this podcast. And now here it is, you and your... Uh, now Zach's your cousin? Yeah, Zach's my cousin. Yeah, you and, and Zach uh, were going to take off and start doing some of this stuff with CRTV, and one thing led to another, but here we are. To tell us a little bit about that journey, because that's kind of where we left it. Yeah, I kind of feel like my, my story's a lot like uh, yours and em Emily's story. You know, we're just kind of going where God leads us, and uh, we were in full-time ministry, and of course, in the show, you know, Dynasty comes along for the rest of the family, but not really for Lisa and I, and so... You know, we just kind of from that point forward, it just feels like we've been just kind of pinballing wherever God takes us. And so uh, after the show ended, you know, nobody was really doing much of anything else. And, uh, you know, I was kind of volunteering at the church. Lisa, by this time, we've written some books. And so we're doing some 
you know, speaking and we do some appearances and we did some cruises. Actually, you and Emily came along on a cruise with us and we had a blast. That was a great uh, time. Yeah, doing some marriage stuff. And so we just kind of, you know, okay, Lord, you know, we're not sure exactly what you have for us. I wasn't sure if I was going to settle back into a full-time work somewhere because that's what I'd done, you know, for most of my life. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden Zach calls and says, hey, at this time it was uh, CRTV. Uh, he said, you know, they're, they're interested in, in your dad doing a show and it's a video blog, you know, it's, it's a vlog format and it's like mm-hmm. these 10, 10 minute videos. And I was like, well, okay. And so it was kind of like an inside joke is that who would have thought that dad out of all people <laughs> would be the first post duck dynasty person to have his own show. And, and, and yet that's exactly what happened. And so uh, we started producing this little show and you were on it. I think, I think we had you on uh, an episode or two. Yeah, I was a guest and I, I directed a couple of the first uh, like segments. Like, do you remember when we were in Michigan and we yep. went to some of those hunting lodge places and I was, you know, being able to direct your dad was pretty, pretty awesome. You know, yeah. plus I was his driver that weekend. And so I know what it's like to pull up to a red light and have people look over and see Phil Robertson sitting in the passenger <laughs> seat of my car. That was pretty fun. <laughs> And, you know, the concept was we just sort of literally followed dad around with cameras and where we were. In that case, we were in Michigan. You were with us. And we just kind of let him do his thing. And uh, we would just let him preach the gospel and kind of just, you know, Phil being Phil. And so uh, we actually did 800 episodes. (laughs) I mean, wow. Wow. Over the course of four years. But during that process, uh, about maybe two and a half years in, uh, they approached us about doing a podcast because it was in dad's contract to do a podcast. And of course we had never, I don't listen to podcasts. Of course I'm aware of them, but I didn't know much about it. And so, you know, I'm a preacher and so is dad. So we're thinking like sermons, you know? And so I, I guess we're just supposed to get on and preach like on the radio, you know? So I started listening to podcasts and I said, no, dad, it's like a conversation. And they want us to go like an hour. And dad said, an hour, we'll put people to sleep. You can't. You know, <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to because again, we're thinking totally just preach, you know? And so, uh, so we started doing this pot and, and it's kind of funny now because looking back on it, you know how you start a project and you're not really sure. So we weren't officially on board yet. They're still working out contracts and blah, blah, blah. And we're still wrapping up his other show. And so, so we start doing this thing. We were calling it, um, I think we were calling it in the net. And the whole idea was we, we talked about fishing because dad, dad was a commercial fisherman and then he became a fisher of men mm-hmm. and as, as did all of us. And so we kind of went this whole thing that's, you know, that we were like commercial fishermen, but now we were, you know, we were trying to catch people, you know, for the, with the gospel. And so that was the kind of the basis of our podcast. And so it was just me and dad and I was just volunteering because I just figured dad would just preach for an hour and that probably would get old. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, I, since I was producing the show, I thought, well, I, I at least need to kind of provide a little balance. And we didn't really have anybody else. And so we put Dan, who was dad's kind of right hand man. He was kind of just the guy that was hanging around asking questions on the podcast. Yeah. So it was the three of us and we did about 20 and I thought they were okay. They weren't great. And then all of a sudden Zach Cosmos says, Oh, by the way, we signed Jace. So we're totally changing the format. Dan's out and it's going to be you, you, you know, hosting and it's going to be Jace and your dad. And we're going to call it unashamed. And we had this whole thing. We kicked it off. And, and of course, the rest is history, as they say. But I mean, now, you know, we have millions of downloads and obviously it's making a huge impact. It's turned into a real discipleship uh, type approach, I think, because yeah. of, 
It started sure. out a lot of young men, I think, that used to watch the show, and now they've kind of come to age and faith. But the audience has grown. I mean, it's no longer just one, you know, you know, set of people. I mean, it's everybody. Because I, I travel still a lot and speak, and everywhere I go, it's like, oh, we love the podcast, and it's every age range, every gender. It's it's everybody. So, and and, and the feel of it is a little bit different every time, depending on who whose guests or what 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 topic or who did what that you guys springboard off to. But you always circle back to the gospel. Yeah, and it's basically just a Bible study. When Blaze now CRTV. Uh, merged with Blaze, which was Glenn Beck's uh, group. And so now it's become Blaze TV. And so they're still, it's their platform and they're political, you know, they're like conservative political, but they basically, they said, we want something biblical. We got enough conservative political guys. Uh, and so, cause you know, we were thinking they wanted that because dad right. did a little bit of that on his other show. But so we were like, they were like, can you do straight Bible? I was like, can we do straight Bible? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Between the between the four of us, because Zach is is also a part of the team too now, and between the four of us, you know, we've got about 120 years of Bible teaching experience. So we just do straight Bible study. We do have guests on, and it's a wide range of guests. Sometimes it will be a little political, like we've had Ted Cruz on, and we've had uh, Ben Carson, and you know, national nice. figures. But then, we, but then we've also just had you know, like my local preacher, or you know, other people on as well. So. Yeah. That's awesome. So I got a question for you because you know I know your dad loves to share the gospel anywhere, anytime that he can. But when you bring these new ideas to him and you're talking in this techno world, which I feel like is, I mean, it's beyond my ken. Uh, what's his response? How does he react to these new ideas that people keep bringing to him about doing different stuff? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because dad, take and i guess rightly so i kind of laugh about it because he he takes credit for the success of the whole thing because we were on an airplane one time coming home from an event it may have been from michigan i don't know but zach was with us and he he kind of pulls zach and i say he says boys we got to get on this internet i don't know anything about it (laughs) i've heard about it i'm not sure how to turn it on but i know it's out there but we got to get on that thing because if the apostle Paul had had a tool like that, he would have been on it in a heartbeat. So exactly. it's, funny. it's funny. So he's like, he recognized the power of it. So the running joke on the, on our podcast is every time we talk about the internet, he's like, that's why I don't do it. That's why I don't get it. That's why I don't own a computer. That's why I don't own a cell phone. But then he flips it around and says, but I'm so glad we're on it because that's how we're preaching the gospel and that's how you're hearing what we're saying. So it's, yeah. it's like personally, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with it, but but in his heart, he knows that we're doing something good, just like what you guys are doing. So yeah. that's, that's what we talk about. Look, you know, there's always good and evil in, in potential in everything. And so we yeah. can take something, use it for good, or obviously the evil one can use it for bad. It's, it's, exactly. it's our choice what to do. And the good it. thing about the Internet is, you know, you're not going to get shipwrecked, stranded on an island. You're not going to get bit by a snake by using it. So, yeah, there's some advantages well, and there. What I wanted to make sure I got in, this is the only thing I was going to say about it because it's what attracts me to the show. I love the name Unashamed because yeah. both times I was with Phil when he was speaking, Romans one sixteen was his text. And um, every time we would talk about stuff, it would always come back to that, being unashamed. And Emily and I have a testimony of your family where we got to see behind the scenes at a deep level. Y'all really don't care about all of the peripherals. Y'all just care about serving Jesus and well done, that good and faithful servant. And 
that's kind of cool. That's why it's awesome that you can come and put the kiss of death on this show on the pilot episode, because <laughs> if it's not about the gospel, we don't care. We, we just want, that's all we want to do. So um, well, I think that was what I originally, what I loved about you guys, because, uh, you know, our original meeting was just literally a cold email that you sent saying you were doing Bible idiots. And we happened to be in Nashville at the same time. Yeah. And you were like, Hey, we're going to be hanging out in this hotel room filming. If you want to come by, I mean, you could have been like a porn industry. (laughs) I I, I mean, I didn't have any idea who you were, but there was something about that that I found enlightening. I thought, you know, I like this. These guys are just doing it. These guys are just going all in and they're unashamed. And so I came down. It didn't turn into anything weird. We had a great time. (laughs) We promise it wasn't weird. (laughs) It wasn't weird. But, you know, and we became fast friends. But you're right, Chris. I mean, I I think the best part of this whole thing for me, I say this all the time, is the people that I get to meet along the journey. I mean, and I've met so many wonderful, amazing people. Whereas whether it's at an event, I was just up in Tennessee last week. Lisa and I were there. Yeah, we were speaking. We were speaking at a uh, at a, a pro life uh, for a pregnancy center, and I and so we shared the stage. At least I were kind of the headliners, so to speak. But we, it wasn't a headliner because the people we shared the stage with there was a twenty three year old beauty queen uh, from Tennessee, and she was beautiful, and she had her sash and her crown. I said, "Oh, I wish I would have brought my crown." You know, we could have been twins. For <laughs> <laughs> the one time I was Mister Pinecrest in the eighth grade, the only title I've ever had. <laughs> Mister What? Mr. Pinecrest. Mr. Pinecrest. It was a school I was at, but anyway. Okay, gotcha. But but anyway, so it was her, and then there was a a Down syndrome young man that was 33, and he and his mom spoke, and they were from Paris, Tennessee. (laughs) And we all shared the stage because all were involved around a teenage girl who had a decision about life. Right. And obviously, everybody had chosen life except for Lisa, who shared her testimony and how that impacted her. But mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, the power of meeting people along the journey who are unashamed to share their story. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really is what it's all about. And, and so since we've been doing the podcast, it's not just Romans one sixteen anymore about our being unashamed. But it's also when you find those verses like in Hebrews where it says God is unashamed to call us, you know, his children. That's Jesus pretty is, cute. Jesus cute, uh, is cute. unashamed to call us, you know, his brothers and his sisters. So, you know, it works both ways. So it's just been, it's been a fascinating journey so far. So we'll see where it goes. Well, I've loved the friendship and the relationship that we have with you guys. Uh, for me personally, because I love to see how Lisa is really a force behind you. And, and she has really helped you become who you are and vice versa. But you guys have such a great testimony. You're not uh, ashamed or afraid to share those ups and downs and what God does for you through those downs. And out yeah, and of ups that, and downs doesn't even do justice to it. You guys have been through a lot, and what a testimony. Well, uh, yeah, where was I going with this? I can't remember. Um, but, but it's been a demonstration of that marriage relationship. It's yep. not always perfect, but it's powerful. So are you and Lisa still doing a lot with marriage, or what's going on there? Yeah, we do. Uh, we most, I would say probably about two-thirds of what we do is in the life sphere just because there's so much opportunity and so much need out there to raise funds for pregnancy centers and, yep. and right-to-life groups, uh, and that's a big part of our testimony. But the other third is probably marriage because that's a big part of our story, as you guys know our story, uh, and we've written about that in our books. But, you know, even our local church, like, so we did this event uh, last week, 
and I was happened to be preaching back home because so I so I've been volunteering uh, back home at our church to preach ever since our young pastor left. So our temporary setup is now entering its fourth year. And I've discovered that as long as I'm willing to do it for free, they're willing to allow me to do it for free. So, <laughs> so one thing I found about funny ministry, how that works. Yeah, it's funny how that works. It's like the mafia, you know, it's just like I thought I was out, but they're pulling me back in. So so I had to preach back to back weeks. And I told him I expected double pay, but I'm learning about math. Emily, two times zero is still zero. So uh, <laughs> right, right, exactly yeah, so what I found out. But anyway, so so I, I woke up and I was thinking about this text and I'm north of Memphis. We drove up there. And so we're driving back and I'd worked on my sermon. It was out of first Peter four and the text was so good. But I just felt like I mean, the Holy Spirit was just pressing on my heart. I needed just like a mini testimony to just kind of pull that together. Mm-hmm. And we do this a lot back home. And normally though, because of the way our church is set up with live stream, you know, I'll get somebody maybe record a short testimony and just, you know, insert it into my sermon. But you know, it's Friday and I'm preaching Sunday and the wheels have already, you know, they're, to try to put something in this late in the game was gonna be really difficult. And so it's just like five in the morning. So I'm praying about this and, you know, I'm, I'm looking through my notes and my scripture and I look over and there's Lisa, still asleep. And so it hits me. I'm like, what if I just got a mini, got her to do a short version of what she did last night, which was so amazing, uh, you know, up here in Tennessee. So I had to wait till she woke up before I could ask her. And as, <laughs> and so, I didn't want to just wake her up out of this. So, hey, 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 hey no, I got no, an idea. I got to know how this conversation went. Uh, hey, hon, you're preaching on Sunday? <laughs> hey, hey, Holy Spirit's waking me up. And, uh, so right she, when she woke up, I let her get her coffee. And then I said, hey, I got an idea. And uh, so first I was thinking, record it. And I said, why don't we just, just we'll just do it live. And so we, we kind of worked on it driving home. And because, you know, I mean, like we normally tell the whole story. But we had to like shrink it down because I only had like, you know, five to seven minutes for her to tell it. But it was so amazing. And even mm-hmm. at home, when she got up, it was funny because she said, you know, I, I never get nervous, but I don't know. Maybe it's because we're home. I'm nervous. And she said that to to our church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked at her, you know, because it really surprised me. But she just it was so humble and it was so awesome. And of course, you know, we're in a room of people because at our church, we have all these people in these recovery houses. And so many mm-hmm. people didn't don't know our story. And you think it's our church. How do they not know your story? But they're new. I mean, they, they come all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it was such a blessing because that text was so powerful because it's the word of God. But when you combine that, just like Revelation 12, 11, when you combine that with the word of testimony, along with the blood of the lamb, mm-hmm. man, then you get something powerful. So yeah, so to answer, that's a long answer to your question, Emily, but we're even doing it at our own home church as well as all around the country. Awesome. So it's, it's still a blessing. Al Robertson is our special guest on the pilot episode of No Apology with Emily and Chris. And did you notice we flipped the name, Al? It's I it's like now No Apology with Emily. It was supposed The show was supposed to be called No Apology with Emily Danielson, but the consultant said, if I talk a lot, I'll be like a blowhard. If my name's on the show, then I can do whatever I want. So... <laughs> Well, I'm told I have to be reason, here. Dude. You can't do whatever you want. <laughs> hey, hey, we've only got about uh, eight minutes left with the time that you've committed to us. But so I want to, I want to have you share an old story. It's it's something that I've heard you tell a couple times, and I and I, I hate to even bring it up because I know it gets tiring. Like I asked Bart Millard one time, "How sick are you of singing?" I can only imagine. You know, it's kind of like that. 
But you didn't start on the show for the first couple seasons, and that was almost by your design, your desire. I would love for you to share the story about how the family took off with the show while you guys stayed as pastors at the church because you wanted to, and then slowly you just became part of the show. And you're the oldest brother, so you're watching all your little brothers basically become world famous while you're still pastoring the church, and I think that's an incredible story of God's grace and goodness from my seat anyway, and I'd love for you to share a little bit of that. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird because I mean I always thought when we started the business I went to school and and I, I majored in business because I always thought I would run the business. You're the oldest son. That's kind of you know what would happen. But mm-hmm. God had another path for me when Jason and I we we were starving to death trying to build duck calls, and so we went into ministry thinking we were you know taking a step up money wise. So they're, they're, <laughs> <laughs> who does that? That shows you how dumb we were. Uh, well, I, I didn't know I was taking a bow of poverty, but I did. And, uh, <laughs> right on. So we were in full-time work. And so when, when Willie had this idea about the show, we had been had another show on the Outdoor Channel. Right. And it was very successful. And since they were only filming, you know, sporadically, Lisa and I were a part of the show because we were part of the family. So it focused on the business and hunting mostly. But so we were there and we were part of it. So we assumed when they did this new show, you know, we would do the same thing, but that they come in and said, we're going to be filming six days a week. And, you know, it's a full-time job. Well, all of them work for the business. We didn't. And so we would have had to have left, you know, the, our work at the church. And, and so I just, you know, I wasn't ready to do that. It took me quite a while to convince myself to go into the work. I sure wasn't just going to leave on, you know, on the whim that maybe this might work. And so there's no guarantee that it's not going to be six episodes no. and then done. And then everybody's right. Well, work, they, right? they only guaranteed like whatever it was, it probably one season's worth of shows, probably 10 episodes. And so, you, you know, you don't know that's going to work. So it probably was into the second season before it was a bona fide hit, you know, and so it was going to do well. And so by then, you know, we're thinking, okay, well, maybe, you know, we should consider, and of course, by now the business is exploding because all these people that are watching the show are wanting to buy duck calls and they're not duck hunters. They're like, you know, four year old girls wanting to buy a duck call. You know? I, know. So, I, have you know, a, I have a duck call. We, Emily has a duck call. There you go. And, and when's the last time you took it duck hunting, Emily? Uh, you know, never. Never. Exactly. <laughs> so, so everything, so it kind of lined up for that. But I tell you, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Chris. So the, the, at the end of season three, the producers get together and, you know, they're every, every season they're like, oh, is everybody happy? Because by now it's a runaway smash. Right. And so everybody wants everybody happy. They're, they're in negotiations for a new contract. So now we're, everything's kind of tentative, you know? And so they had this meeting, you know, with all the cast and all the family and mom of all people says, well, I'm not happy. Oh. And they're, and they're like, Oh, Miss Kay, which is the last person you would ever expect to have a right. problem with, right? And they're like, Miss Kay, what is it? And she said, well, America and the world, on, they only think I have three sons, and I have four sons, uh-huh. and I want my oldest son to be on this show. And so you've got to make that happen if you want to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, he will be on the first episode <laughs> of this is that when they came up with the wedding reenactment? Was That's, at that meeting at that casting? That was meeting? at that casting meeting, and so yep. the, that, that birthed the idea of the. It was called "Till Duck Do Us Part," and it's <laughs> it, it is it is still to this day the highest rated cable television reality show ever. Oh, over twelve wow. million over twelve million viewers that night. 
cool. uh, still the highest rated ever. And I told Willie, speaking of christening, I told Willie, I said, and that was my debut, uh, Lisa and I, I said, if you'd have got me on the show at the beginning, there's no telling where this thing could have gone. Because obviously, <laughs> obviously they were looking for a beardless Robertson. You know, Lisa says, Lisa says I'm the best looking Robertson, which I appreciate. But if you look at a picture of our family, the bar is very low. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, if size in there, it's, it's even lower. So. That's right. Not, not very hard. Yeah. So, you, and you actually had to stay beardless, like, because you, you started branding yourself as beardless, bro. Because, I mean, the, yeah. we were together one time and it was hunting season and you were growing it out like you are now. But you're, you told me, you're like, I got to shave because I got this thing coming up or something. I don't remember how that went down. But well, it's the it, same reason why they had to keep theirs long as I had to keep mine off. And, right. uh, of course, to be honest with you, Chris, the reason I grow one now, and, of course, Lisa allows it. She, she doesn't like me having a beard at all. Yeah. But she she allows a short one. And the reason I grow it is because I've gained some weight in my post-Duck Dynasty years, and I'm not sure how many chins are under this beard. Yeah, and that's so what I got going I, on right here. Exactly. I'm kind yeah. of afraid to look. And so, you know, until until I'm ready to, like, take a look, we're just going to keep it like this. Well, I remember Jay shaved, like, three or four years ago and, like, broke the mm. Internet because he shaved. Yeah. You know, if I shave, I'm going to break the scale because I'm immediately going to gain like 50 pounds if I shave my beard off. So if a beard makes me look slimmer, are you good with that? Are you? I got to say, it's got to go both ways. Nah, no, not nah. really. Well, I could do it. I could. I, Al, could. I, I thank you so much for being part of another pilot episode, and we're hoping that this one goes. This is kind of Emily's baby. It's her show. I'm so happy to to partner alongside her to be a part of this. But what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to share... Christian Living and Bible Apologetics with No Apology. So the name of the show is No Apology with Emily and Chris. We're tired of everybody apologizing that we're Christians, like we have to walk on eggshells, and that is not the power of the gospel. And I would really love to get your thoughts on that. No, I agree 100%. In fact, you know, we obviously went through a national, uh, I don't know, microscope moment, uh, you know, during the show, and because of what we believe. And that's really what led us to being unashamed because, you know, when you're on, when your family, especially your dad is on cable news every night for a week uh, because of what you believe, then that's going to put you to the test. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I love about your podcast. I mean, the name of your show is we, we never apologize because there's nothing to apologize for. The, the truth is the truth. God is who he is and we are who we are and we love people. And we lead people to Christ. So they can say what they want about you, but you don't have to apologize for the truth. And there's mm -hmm. no there's no reason to do that. And so the big mistake people make is when they worry about what somebody's going to say about them on social media. Just, just adhere to what God says. Be his people. Love people. Mm -hmm. And lead them to truth. That's what. That's all you got to do. Absolutely. Well, and you guys are a living example of Jesus's reward because you think about it. When you guys first started, I mean, there was conflict where it's like they didn't want you guys praying, you know, the prayers and saying Jesus' name and stuff like that. But fast forward now, today you were you were faithful. You did what God called you to do. And now they're saying, no, we want the Bible stuff. We want, the, you know, the political stuff, that's fine, whatever, but we really want the Bible stuff. And so Jesus' reward when we are faithful in those works in the beginning, he gives us more work to do, and it's absolutely glorious. Well, I just wanted to share with you uh, one of my favorite memories of my whole career is we're in Seattle, and, and for those who you don't know, when the Robertson Marriage Cruise comes around, Al, you are the boss. 
You're the mm-hmm. boss of the cruise. And yes, so you sir. said we had this free afternoon and then we were going to be meeting. So we took our free day. We went down to the, to the fish market in Seattle. We come back. We're walking through the lobby of the hotel. And all of a sudden, I hear your mom literally yell, Dems my Bible, idiots. And she comes running over and hugs Emily. It was just one of the most special moments of my career because we got to do stuff like that. So thank you for allowing us to just be ourselves and and uh, just share the gospel and try to be creative. And who knows what God's going to do with our efforts, but we see kingdom results and that's all we ever want, whether it's you know, successful in this view or unsuccessful in that view. We just keep plugging away. And so I'm really glad that you took some time out to be with us. Anything you'd like to leave with our initial audience today, you get final, final word. Well, one, one thing is I'd just say that I'm so proud of you guys and just the work you do for the kingdom. And, you know, I have some friends around the country that, you know, because we're all busy doing kingdom work that we may not have a conversation for a few months, but when you when you do have the next one, we pick up right where we left off. And, and you, you and Emily are those kind of friends to Lisa yeah. and I, and we appreciate that, what you do. I love this show idea. It's going to be great, and mainly because it's Emily's show. And so, <laughs> right on, I'm with you. Th- therefore, I think it's going to be blessed, and uh, and I'm glad to be a part of it. But you, I, I love uh, the concept. I love what you guys are doing and, and where you guys are working. And uh, look, we're fellow soldiers, you know. Yeah, in, in the absolutely. Mission, so. That's the beauty of it. Uh, speaking of a small world, and you want to hear testimony about those bean fellow soldiers, we are sitting here in, in Harlan, Iowa, and the former pastor that was here, he unfortunately um, passed away from COVID. And uh, But here's the thing. We got called here, we came here, and we found out shortly thereafter where he got his education to become a pastor was right there at White Ferry Road. Really? And it's like yeah. small do you, do you, world. That's crazy. Do you, do you remember a guy 30 years ago named Joe Pennington studying with you? Yes. I know, yeah. I I'm the pastor Joe well. of Joe Pennington's church, and he passed away two years me? ago. Well, I knew that I had heard he had passed away, but I had no idea it was a connection to where you guys were. Yeah, it's, on, yeah, it's, it's small world. I mean, uh, yeah, Joe Pennington studied with you guys 30 years ago. Yeah. And then he died, and then we became the pastor of the church two year, or a year and a half after he... So the church he planted is I'm now the senior pastor yeah. of. For many years, he pastored his church just south of us in uh, okay. Pineville, Louisiana, about two hours south. Yeah. And uh, I knew Joe well. Yeah. Uh, wow, what a small world. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, we got to figure out a way to get you and, and Lisa to Harlan, Iowa, somehow, some way in the, in the next year or two. And uh, we'd love to circle back with you. But uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, no apology with Emily and Chris. We really appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. Love you guys. All love right. You too. Love you too. No apology with Emily and Chris. A weekly download at freshroadmedia.com. Dig deeper, laugh louder, and live larger for the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. No Apology with Emily and Chris. So glad you are with us. We are going to talk about the stuff that makes everybody a little bit clenchy. Talking about the stuff. <laughs> I got to right. get used to these cameras. I'm, I'm not used to having a camera in my face when we're doing radio. Oh, but, but you love it, don't you? <laughs> look at it. Look at that handsome Just mug. Just look at it. Look at that handsome <laughs> mug. We are definitely laughing louder, digging deeper, and living larger in the Lord Jesus Christ today. And so thanks for spending a little time with us. That's right. This is a brand new show. It's a pilot episode of No Apology with Emily and Chris. 
And I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that Al Robertson interview. That was fantastic. <sighs> it was like air in my lungs. Yeah. It's always good to talk to an f- old friend that, yeah. you know, and, hey, what have you been doing? What's God been doing in your life? It's yeah. been great. I yeah. like the fact that he picked up on the same thing I did, and that is yeah. he, we, we spoke down, we, we had like a 45-minute phone conversation like two weeks ago, but that was the first time we'd spoken in like two years. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we pick it up today, and it's just like never, never left off. Yeah, you just like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, the Chris That's and, a good friend. The old Chris and Emily <laughs> show, uh, which is now No Apology with Emily and Chris. This is Emily's show. She's the lead. She's the boss. Yeah, so sit up straight over there. Speaking, <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of coming, uh, coming together with old people, friends that you've been around for a long time, that mm-hmm. you just pick it up like you've never left off. Our friend Mike Shaw, he's also going to be our news director. And Mike Shaw joins us on the guest cam right now. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for being a part of FreshRoadMedia.com. And you're going to be a regular on this show, and you're probably going to spin off into your own show one of these days. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, when you're talking about old friends, remember, old friend, uh, this beard was not so gray. Last time we were doing stuff together. <laughs> yeah, so, it just seems like the gray keeps coming, man. Yeah, the yeah. gray keeps coming. Well, hey, for the news the news headlines, uh, Mike, we're on the pilot yeah. episode, you're going to get one, and then I've got a new segment I want to uh, uncork. But what is our news headline for today, my news friend? Okay, breaking news. President Trump, former President Trump, always my President Trump, was not arrested this week. <laughs> so Yay. that's the headline. Not again. <laughs> I know, not again. It's like uh, a snurdly whiplash from the the Moose and Bullwinkle show. Yes, where they're always trying to uh, curses foiled again. <laughs> they're, always trying to, they're always trying to arrest President Bush but, or President yeah. Trump, but they just can't can't seem to do it. And so now I've got a story here from the Daily Wire just. Uh, summarize a little bit of it a manhattan grand jury reportedly will not even hear the case Hmm. until maybe next week (laughs) so yeah and i was uh, i don't know if you guys know to hear you say till maybe next week i was gonna hear the case great yeah what's what's the holdup what's going on yeah well so what's going on is first of all this is a 17 year old allegation where supposedly uh president trump had some sort of tryst with uh, uh, Stormy Daniels. And supposedly there might have been some hush money involved. And allegedly that accusation is that uh, perhaps President, one of his lawyers, uh, may have paid her off allegedly and then perhaps used the, then billed President Trump. And that's how they covered it up and it's all allegations. And, no one believes it anyway. But then the other part of that is even even if that is true, it's 17 years ago. And yeah. at best, that's a misdemeanor. And so this Manhattan district attorney, Alvin Bragg, is uh, you know making noise like he's trying to make it a felony so that they can indict the president and have him arrested and then do a perp walk. Uh, which is, you know, basically every Democrat or every liberal's dream to see President Trump being walked in front of cameras in handcuffs, and they still can't get it done Mm -hmm. um, because they're just trying so hard to stretch this into something that it's not. And so I don't, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen next week or not. Uh, Next week at the earliest, if it happens, Uh, The cool thing about all of this is that the harder that the Manhattan District Attorney pushes, 
Um, I don't know, Emily, Chris, have you guys heard of the the Barbara Streisand effect? No. No, no. No idea what that is. And I can't even, I... Think, so I can't Barbara... even think of a good punchline for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Does is our that... nose grow long? And <laughs> is, is, what? is she singing on Hunter's laptop? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps. I don't know about that one. But, um, so the Streisand effect is, and I can't remember the original story, but uh, she was fighting against something, uh, okay. fighting against an attack, or she brought attention to a, a cause that she was against. And at the more okay. attention she brought to this cause that she was against, the more money they raised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And so for, it's for forever now known as the Streisand effect. And so the more that this attorney general, Alvin Bragg, uh, brings attention to the president and, uh, you know, how they're his overreach, basically. And, you know, he's a George Soros district attorney. He's one of yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. And it, so the it's more so it, obvious and right. so pathetic. It's really hard to it's hard for me to watch and not make comments that are not appropriate. <laughs> I'm Emily. Emily has MAGA hats. I'm not. I've never been a huge Trump fan. I've loved his policies for what they've done for Bible believing, authentic Christians. But yep. you can't not. It's hard to look at this without seeing a total witch hunt. That is. I mean, the KGB of the '70s would be looking at this, going, "Wow, that's harsh." <laughs> I mean, you see what they're I'm saying? They're taking notes. <laughs> yeah, they're taking notes, right? right yeah, right. Exactly. What'd you do there? That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so exactly. news director Mike Shaw, what is going to happen? Is is next now, week, is the guy going to throw in the towel, this brag, uh, this brag guy? I think he will if he's smart. Um, you know, the more he pushes and the more they overreach, the more money the president raises for his reelection campaign and the more money other conservatives raise uh, in their fundraising materials. And so it's it's really turned into a gold mine for conservatives. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I think they're starting to catch on to that. And so they might they might uh, give up on it, although they really do want to indict him and they really do want to have those pictures. They think it's going to keep him from getting reelected, where most people think that if they do indict him and if they do perp walk him and in cuffs, it, it guarantees his reelection. So I mm -hmm. think they're starting to recalculate. Well, and I don't even know for sure if it it if it all really tallies up into are you going to be elected or not reelected. I think what this all plays into is their game of we need to keep people divided. We need to keep people on mm -hmm. opposite sides of the fence. And what better way to mm -hmm. do that than when you find someone who has a lot of support, uh, you just try to energize that opposition and vice versa. And so I think that that's really the goal is is keep people divided and keep people angry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a think, really Mike? good point. And yeah. It's a great point. And, you know, taking a larger look at everything that's been going on for the last six years plus, you know, the, it, the communists, <laughs> Satan does not change his playbook when it works. Yeah. And so the, the communists in Russia, they used class warfare to divide the people. Yep. And it worked. They tried. How often did you hear Hillary Clinton when she ran President Obama before he got elected, when he ran even further back, where the Democrats are always trying to play the um, the class warfare card? Well, it never right. caught on. It never worked. Mm -hmm. And so they had to switch to race. Mm -hmm. 
and it's been working and they've been pushing that hard for a decade now and they're using race um i was early part of the tea party i got called a racist by a whole bunch of people that didn't even know me you don't know yeah. me i'm not a racist <laughs> but i mean they you know solinsky rules right so yes so they're still using the communists and these are the new communists in my opinion are yes they are dividing us and they're using mostly race to do it but anything they can to do yeah. it yeah exactly yeah. and you know what let's let's um let's lay that down next to Abraham Lincoln post civil war <laughs> you know he's like okay the north won everybody give everybody their guns back let everybody go home let's forgive let's move on but there is not that mentality is gone particularly on the left where it is, you know, punishment at all cost. And, and there's no bringing people back together, even people that were on opposite sides of the fence. I mean, it's just so, um, it's so counter biblical to hold that mentality. And we've seen the opposite of that, the biblical mentality of grace, forgiveness, reconciliation. We've seen that play out in American history and the benefit of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is All right. exact, the point is exactly right about anti-biblical, because when you look at this whole thing, I, I don't care what we talk about on this show, our battles, our war is not with against flesh and blood, but it's right. against those spiritual spiritual forces behind it. And it's pretty obvious that Satan has uh, pretty much said, okay, we don't care anymore. We're just going to do what we're going to do, and we're going to be out in the open about it. And that's kind of where we've we've gone since COVID, and it's amazing to watch. Uh, and in all aspects of the word amazing, it's yeah. like mind-blown amazing, but it's also like, I can't believe this is happening amazing. It's Crazy times we live in, for sure. Well, yeah, that's we've been talking about that for a long time. Like, we can't really get our minds around what is really going on in our culture. And, Emily, that's one of the reasons why you wanted to do this show. I, I and, do. And I've got a great segment coming up with Mike Shaw in just a second, but I'm tell us a little bit about to that. It. Well, you know, the Bible talks about us not letting our love grow cold. And as we see the world around us uh, changing everything, what what's bad is now good, what's good is now bad, what's right is now wrong, what's wrong is now right. You got to dig deeper, and God's like, don't don't be afraid, don't get downcast, don't be discouraged. But then there's another key verse that says, "Do not." Let your love grow cold. And your love doesn't have to be this wonderful, happy feeling inside that makes your heart grow three sizes that day. Um, <laughs> or, or just embracing <laughs> things which are absolutely against the Word of God because you love. Right. But it's standing for justice. It is standing for what's right. And the great thing is, you know, these stories that Mike is bringing to us as as crazy as it all seems, there are people who are waking up. And when I say waking up, I don't mean going woke. I mean, they're waking up to, oh, this battle between what's good and what's bad, what's evil and what's good, it's real. 
and they're deciding to get in the fight and people are getting serious about their faith. People are digging deeper into God's word and that is exciting. And so all this stuff, God's still going to use for his glory. I'm still mad that they hijacked the word woke. Uh, Mike, you may not know this, but in 2017, Emily and I did a pilot television episode for some Christian television networks and it was called Wide Awake with the Bible Idiots. And it was about getting people to wake up biblically, wake up in the scriptures. Today's the day your salvation should be your joy. Today's the day to live for Jesus. And so, Mike, I know you're going to be bringing a lot of news headlines. We're actually going to probably have you uh, do more than just this. But on the pilot episode, this is where we are as we're recording is uh, Trump's trying to fight this uh, another witch hunt off. And I'm not about the political side of either side. I'm more about biblical Christianity. And unfortunately, authentic biblical Christianity, there's a a political party in our country that hates us, hates us with a passion and will stand against us at every single turn. I mean, they've voiced, they have voiced their purposes and their goals. And one of the things that has been voiced, said, written down, it's in black and white, is that there is no room for Christianity in that party. I mean, they're, they're they're open and honest about it, and that's a good thing. Yeah. At least you're saying it now, but there's some people who either mm-hmm. haven't heard it or when they do hear it, they, they still can't believe it or accept it or understand that this is the true battle that's going on. Well, Emily and I are going to share with you our journey coming up in the next segment a little bit um, and why we are here. But when Emily said she wanted to put this show together and and I was going to be her co-host, I said, there's only one requirement that I have, and that is that when we have a news segment, that we actually do the news and commentary based on our true feelings. We don't sugarcoat it to try to make everybody feel welcome. Instead, we want remnant church believers to have something they can tune into where people have fun, they have the joy of their salvation, and yet they still tell the truth. In the coming episodes, I want to talk about the vaccine. I want to talk about climate change. I want to talk about transgenderism. I want to talk about the homosexual LGBTQRSTUV movement. I want to be involved in all of these things from a biblical perspective with respect for my fellow human beings, because so many, Emily and I know, know, know a handful of transgender folks and a good chunk, I mean like a thousand people, we have seen testimonies, written testimonies. And Mike, you were there with us in, in Arizona for a while when people were coming out of the homosexual movement mm-hmm. with the joy of the Lord. Why do they not get a say? That's that's my question. Why don't, why don't they have a platform? Mm-hmm. But I digress. We're going to move on now to uh, a new segment for the show called Right On, Way Off. I'm going to ask each of you this question. And uh, Mike, you're the news director. Emily, you are the host of the show. It's your show. I'm your co-host and I'm just here to I'm here to serve. You're holding it together and I thank you for that. So keep your answers <laughs> brief and then if I would like you to expound I will will do that. But What's we're my s- prize when I win? <laughs> there's no there's no winning. Okay. It's not this, it's, is, this is not you and Mike head to head. Okay. Oh, this okay. sounds okay. Just you like a green are pretty good, but I want you guys to dig deep into your uh, bag right. of experience mm-hmm. and and talk about it not only just from the biblical lens, but Emily, as a mother and grandmother, and Mike, as a news director and as somebody who's been in politics, I mean, I don't know if you know this, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here, but this is the Mike Shaw 
that on Keith Oberman's show on MSNBC, he called you. When Something you were, bad. You were doing stuff with the Republican Party in Arizona. And, um, well, before we get into right on, way off, Mike, just tell us what yeah. happened with you and the Keith Oberman show like 10 years ago. Yeah, so two nights in a row. Um, I was the <laughs> interim, at the time, I was interim chairman for the uh, Republican Party of Pima County, which is Tucson, the county that Tucson's in. And so for two nights in a row, um, I was Keith Olbermann's worst person in the world, beating out Michelle Bachman, if you remember Michelle Bachman from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's uh, yeah. good company. Wear, though, I wear it like a badge of honor. And the this is the best burn anyone's ever given me. He called me a human-shaped pile of feces. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Nice. Was, that's what he did. <laughs> Yeah, and, as, and as a friend and, and co-worker, I don't even know how to respond. <laughs> the punchlines are running so, so heavy in my friends, head right now. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, a good friend uh, who headed up the Tea Party in uh, Tucson, another good friend who was a state senator for, in the state of Arizona, each of which were Keith Oberman's worst person in the world. I was the only one to get it twice. You nice. got it twice. In a nice, row. Nice, in nice, nice. In a row. Nice, yeah. nice. All right, let's go to it. Here's our segment. It All is right. called... Right on or way off. And we'll start with Emily. Keep your uh, response brief, and then we'll get Mike's <laughs> response, and then I'll we'll let you guys expand, all right? I'll try. Emily, right yeah. on or way off. Yeah. TikTok targets children and is dangerous. Uh, right on. It, yeah, and you could just kind of consider all of America as children. It's just a big... <laughs> data gulp by the Chinese. And yeah, child predators galore. Right on. Absolutely. All right, Mike Shaw, right on or way off? Uh, that's a right on. And uh, I can't top Emily's answer. Maybe the only thing I would add to that is not only are the Chinese collecting a whole bunch of information, but they're rotting everyone's brains. <laughs> you know, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Uh, don't yeah. get on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're messing please up don't. Mind. And don't let your yeah. kids, don't let your kids just right. be watching it and, and being on it. it. There is a real danger there. And because it's not tangible, mm -hmm. you can't put your, put your finger on it. There's no court case on it. Um, it, it's hard to wrap your brain around, but it's real. The threat is real. So, okay. Friends don't right. let their friends TikTok. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Right on or way off. Who are you talking to? Both of you. But we're going to start with Mike this right, time. Right good. on or way off. And that is the World Athletics bans transgender athletes from competing in female events. Are you right on this or are you way off? They banned okay, the transgender males from female events. Oh, that's right on. That's right on. You, right? Did yeah. I understand it right? You can't have dudes competing. Right? As Ask the girl women. in the room. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, I did hear it right. I was. Yeah, yeah. Question. And I'm, I'm saying that um, question like I'm, I'm explaining this really poorly, but yeah. it's a news headline for today. Yeah, Emily. Okay. Yeah. Yes, so no, absolutely. Dude, dudes, dudes should. If I was a woman, I would be so upset because the best woman for every job, it seems, with these woke people, is a man. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so you can't have dudes competing against women in women's sports because men are built differently. We're stronger. We're faster. Yeah, it's not, it's it's not, not fair, fair and it's not right yeah. and it's not moral. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, Emily, right on or way off? Absolutely right on. Uh, equal does not mean the same. It just doesn't. I mean, just look at an ounce. An ounce of something dry is different than an ounce of something wet. They're both an ounce. They're equal, but they're not the same. And we acknowledge the differences between men and women. We know the physical advantages that men have over women. Um, just walk down a dark alley some night if you're a dude and a couple women approach you. Do you think he's really that scared? Flip it, mm-hmm. you know, and women are on their guard and they do arm themselves as they should. But, um, yeah, that is absolutely right on. I want to see more of it. And and I want people who are fighting against this and wanting to push this agenda. I, mm, it's another one of those sorry, not sorry. I want to see them held accountable because yeah. it's, it's wrong. It's flat out wrong. Yeah, where I come in on this topic is the fact that I don't know how much you have to hate women to make the woman of year a man. And all this right. idea of the fact that, you know, you well, you're not loving the transgender and the problems they have and that they fe- felt like they were born in a different body and they want to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we've have we have quite a resume with the transgender community that I don't have time to get into today. And it is surrounded in love and understanding and hope for them that they would find yeah. Jesus Christ and that they would find peace in what they're struggling right. with. But that doesn't change the fact that you cannot be uh, a, a somebody. It's, it's a thumb in the eye of God. Like so much of anything progressive, anything that's down that line, it's a thumb in the eye of Scripture and the thumb in the eye of God. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this. This is my take on it. You're in a island somewhere on the coast of uh, off the Pacific, and you're there with a group of say 20 missionaries, and you have a uh, insect like a spider. And when it bites you, you have 30 minutes to take the antidote or you will die. Now, they have female cortisone antidotes and they have male cortisone antidotes. So you get stung and you're a man who identifies as a woman. Which antidote do you take? Mm -hmm. Thought so. Yeah. But um bum. Exactly. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. Now there doesn't mean that we can't have love and understanding in this in this environment, but this is one of the issues that is something that is really really confusing authentic Christianity because the world wants to make us out to be these haters. Mm-hmm. So the last question for right on way off and uh you guys can pick who wants to go first, but is biblical Christianity something that can coexist with this current administration and world view. Wow. Who wants to go to jail first, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, right. That's way All off, right. Chris. <laughs> I'm right behind you, so go ahead. You're way off? <laughs> uh, yeah. This. Uh, so this current administration, uh, let me go back to my former illustration, where Satan does not change his... Uh, tactics. <laughs> and so we have the old communism, we have the new communism moving in, we have the global elites and the world economic form. This is Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, leading to the actual Antichrist, mm-hmm. if I can be plain about it. And so that doesn't have a lot. Um, there's not a lot of commingling there with the actual Christ. No, no, no. Not at all. Yeah, uh, all right. the Emily? Bible. The Bible's pretty clear. I mean, I, I don't even remember how you phrased it. Whether I say right on or way off, I don't. Remember you say when. way off. Okay, way off. I'm saying way <laughs> off. I'm uh, just saying that you know there are some people 
that believe that the Biden administration, this current administration, is not as anti-Christian as what the evidence shows. Mm. So can we kind of, you know... Yeah, I don't even remember how I put it. Yeah. But you, so, get, you get what uh, I'm saying. Yeah. I just, I just want to get your guys' opinion. It's, can yeah. we coexist with that? Can we commingle? Can, can it be a off. blessing together? Well, biblically, it says light and darkness. There, you can't, there's no fellowship there. You, mm-hmm. you can't blend the two. You know, oil and water is another one. Um, it's, it's just, it's not going to mix. One will dispel the other. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to keep in mind. One is going to get rid of the other, and you just have to decide which one you want to be in. And and a quick look through history shows you that while there is no perfect society, there never will be a perfect society because there's no such thing as utopia except in our minds Mm -hmm. or when we get to heaven, um, that the, the... countries, the nations, the societies that hold that biblical worldview, mm-hmm. hands down, I'll live there versus those cultures where there isn't, not only is there not a biblical worldview, but that biblical worldview is verboten, you yeah. know, forbidden. Um, those are some dark, dark places on in uh, regions on, in, on the earth. And so, yeah, I mean, there, there's just empirical evidence, there's biblical evidence and it, it and it's just it's rational and it's logical. They are not going to coexist. Last one, and uh, Mike, we're going to go to you first. Th- this is a statement that a friend of mine made, and uh, I'm not saying I'm with this. I'm I'm not saying I'm right on or way off at all. I'm Switzerland on this. I've thought about it both directions, but I want to get your initial reaction. His statement was this: the current administration is a straight judgment from God. Are you right on or are you way off? I'm going to go way off, but with a, an explanation. Um, right now, in the age of grace, in the church age, uh, God is extending his hand through his son, Jesus Christ, and he's inviting everyone to, to the wedding party. And so the hand is open. The sword is coming out, and it will come out uh, during the, uh, the tribulation and the great tribulation, and God will pour out his wrath. Now, the caveat is it's kind of semantics because God created a cause and effect universe. And so, you know, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Well, conversely, (laughs) cursed is the nation whose God is not the Lord. And that is certainly where we have gone. Um, You could say leadership has been stolen and that's another show. But you can also look at our own society and the own the culture war as well, where I believe that there is a remnant here in the United States and a rather big one. Um, it's shrinking. Uh, yeah. The Christian influence on the culture is not what it used to be. And so what is the consequence of that? Well, it's, it's gone not so far, good. Mike, it's gone so far that any Christian thought uh, is, is ridiculed. Like, how can you, how can you possibly bring that, bring that to the table? So it, yes, in the in the mainstream culture, yes, and but there are a lot of still uh, outlets. Um, you know, Twitter. Thank you, Elon Musk. Not that he's a Christian, but thank you, Elon Musk, for little free speech is like giving a starving man a cracker. It's the best cracker he's ever had. Right. Yeah. So it's like um, you know there are outlets still. Uh, there are still a big remnant. I still know a lot of people. Uh, even when I had my news talk show in Tucson. 
uh, for four years there, we had a lot of listeners who weren't Christians, but they weren't anti-Christian. So there are a lot of people like that still. There are some outlets for that still. And, and this show right here hopes to be one of those voices. Yeah. Awesome. Emily, your thoughts? Well, I'm I'm right there with Mike, and it's really funny because I'm going to say right on, even though he said way off, but, I, but we're still on the same page, I just know. But the reason <laughs> that I say that is because uh, we live in a unique uh, place where, like, you go back into biblical times, and the government under which they lived and were ruled is very, very different than what we live under right now. We are a government— of, by, and for the people, which means we are the government. And so we are going to choose what we want. And so these these um, elected officials that we have, whether we they stole the election or not or whatever, it doesn't matter, we're getting what we asked for. We really, truly are, as a people, as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Mike's absolutely right when he talks about, you know, uh, nations and, and who's ruling them and whether they're going to be, you know, have freedom or whether they're going to be under the fist or under the thumb of, of evil rulers. But but we are unique in that way. We are of the people, by the people, for the people. We are in charge of us. So mm-hmm. we're getting what we asked for. God is allowing that to happen. But here's the good news. Go back to the fall. The fall of man, uh, Adam was cursed with, you're going you're gonna to eat by the sweat of your brow. Mm-hmm. Eve was cursed with, you're going to experience pain during childbearing. Fast forward, and now we're in this age of information, and we realize the data's in. We've studied this stuff, and we realize that, you know what, manual labor work is good for the human being. It's good for their soul. It's good for their mind. It's good for their well-being to have work to do. To not have work to do actually hurts you physically, mentally, emotionally. Same with the childbearing thing. We have immense pain during childbirth, but you know what that does? That bonds us to that child. We just went through something very difficult for the sake of that child. We now have an investment there, and that child is very valuable to us. I was so, there for four births that you did, and yeah. let me tell you, there was some heavy bonding going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 10 pounds, no medication. Anyway, yeah, anyway. I digress. <laughs> the point is... Even his curses are good for us. Wrap your brain around that. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so even though, yes, I believe that in the in the sense that it is a judgment because we're getting exactly what we asked for, God will still be glorified through it, through it, and he will, even if it's painful, even if it's difficult, even if it's by the sweat of our brow, mm-hmm. he's going. To, it's going to be good for us in the end. Yeah. Even if you can't really fathom it right now, it will be. Mike Shaw, final thoughts on your first news director segment on the all-new No Apology with Emily and Chris show brought to you by FreshRoadMedia.com. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> so, I mean, these these are the conversations that we have when we're sitting around your uh, your coffee table at, at your house. I mean, yeah. so it's just nice to be able to bring yeah. it on to, you know, at yeah, freshroadmedia.com. So, yeah. yeah, a lot of fun. Let's do it again next week. What do you think? 
Yeah. yeah. We got to start doing it every week. And All right. We got one more. You got something to say? No, I was just going to say, tell your friends, tell your family, join the family. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the more the merrier, right? We've, we've got one more segment to come, and it's gonna we're going to explain a little bit about our journey and how you can get involved. And uh, we this is something that is a God thing. So if you want to hear more, see more, we're going to need you to participate. And I'm going to tell you all about that uh, right around the corner in probably about 10 seconds right here on No Apology with Emily and Chris. Has anybody ever called you an idiot for believing in the Bible? Somebody says, you're just an idiot for believing in the Bible. How would you respond? People think that Christians are idiots for what they believe. This God you claim is great isn't so great. Only an idiot would believe that. When you wonder about the relevance of the Bible, because it was written in a different culture. Yeah, even though the Bible was written through like a, a spiritual notation, I guess, it still was written by a man. It's the second day and I'm after praying. I'm walking up towards the podium and I lean in and I say, Dear George. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that my life has been changed by the Word of God. So what's your opinion on the Bible? It's 100% true. Sounds like uh, size involved in this process, you know. <laughs> idiots for a Bible, that's, I mean, that's what I think of when I think of him. I'm not gonna call atheist idiots because that's just not nice to do, but. Approximately 1,500 times the Bible claims to be the Word of God. Now, what are we gonna do with that? That's kind of deep. <laughs> I believe in the Bible. I don't care who knows it. I'm an idiot for Christ. The final segment of No Apology with Chris and Emily. And so glad. I'm loving this show. I am loving this. Are you? Yeah, absolutely. This has been a really, I hope all of them go this well. You know what I mean? I, I, I'll I, call Al Robertson yeah. and say he's he's now got a new weekly gig. You're back. You're back next week, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. No. No. Uh, but here's the great thing All because right. we're just starting. But we this takes people like the, the when I say the more the merrier. Mm -hmm. Like I'm drop dead serious. The more people involved, the better it's going to be. And we actually have more than just one way yeah. for people that they can literally get involved with this broadcast. Yeah, well, let's tell you a little bit about our journey. And for you listening or watching, these cameras are new for us. Uh, we, we, did, we did radio for, well, I've done radio on and off for 40 years. I started on the air when I was, you know, 16 years old. Back in the 1800s. <laughs> I was something before electricity. I had two coconuts and a string. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. We 
we we started the Chris and Emily show about 18 years ago. And when the Chris and Emily show would be in different markets, we had good ratings. We did a lot of things. We were syndicated on, what, three different syndications. And as we did big market radio and syndication radio, we kind of have been there, done that, got the T-shirt. And I went to seminary years ago. And, uh, you know, as I'm coming out to be a pastor, I realized... I'm really more of a talk show host comedian than I'm a pastor. So it took me a long time to go back into the pastorate. But the last four years don't lie. I have been preaching pretty much every Sunday for the last four years. Before that, I was speaking almost every Sunday, but I was a guest speaker when the pastor needed a vacation or somebody needed an inner pastor for six weeks. This is what my calling is. Emily is wanting to do more broadcasts, so that's why the show is No Apology with Emily Danielson. But if I'm sitting here talking to you on her show as her husband, guess what? I'm a blowhard. So that's why <laughs> that's why it's No Apology with Emily and Chris, but it is your show, Em. Yeah, you know? it is. And so we're, we're all taking our cues from you, but I'm still going to do what we're going to do. So here's the thing. Freshroadmedia.com, we prayed, we asked God, we said, would you bring people around us that want to do this type of ministry, that want to do this type of broadcast outreach? So this podcast, video, whatever this is right now, (laughs) will be condensed down into a one-hour clocked format, and we're going to try to syndicate on terrestrial radio stations around the country. We can't do that without you. So go to freshroadmedia.com right now, and I will give you a copy of our full-length documentary where we merge stand-up comedy and Bible apologetics together. It's called Bible Idiots. You give a gift of any amount, and you will get a free download of that movie, 92 minutes plus credits, and it includes Jim Daly from Focus on the Family, Johnny Erickson Tata, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, Dr. Michael Brown, Dr. Frank Turek, um... A lot of doctors. Abdu Murray and Abdu. Yeah, and Abdu Murray. <laughs> a lot Murray. of doctors and Abdu. And, and Al Robertson, who was on our show here today. And and so that is a, a free... That's how we're starting the ministry yeah. with that free gift. And we'd love to have you be a part of it in any way possible. Now, also, because we're in our infancy, I'm going to tell you about something that you can't right now do, but I want you to plan on it. And that is, I want you to go... When you go to our website, soon there will be a phone number that you can call where you can call and leave a voice message for the topic of the week, and then we'll bring your voice on this show, just like the old days when we would do call-in talk radio all over the country. So you can be a part of the show, Ricky. That's right. And our Facebook pages and some of the other outlets that we're going to have, we're going to interact with you, and that's what's going to make a difference. Many of you have said that you want a show like what we're providing to you. With no apology, we love the Lord, we have the joy of our salvation— we don't, we don't stand against people. We love people. We just know that, that God has said that certain things are the way they are, and we have seen people come out of lifestyles of various backgrounds, various lifestyle choices, to live full lives that are joyful, that advance the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So freshroadmedia.com is the website. We're going to be listener-supported. There's a lot of real expenses that go along with this show. And my final like fireside chat to you is that I am not being paid for any of this. I am a pastor of a church. It is my only thing I want to do. I love it. It's my number one goal, my number two goal, my number three goal. But when your best friend and bride says, you need to be my co-host, I know you have margin in your life to do it. The wise man says, okay, honey, I'll do that. (laughs) I'll do that with you. So here we are. And so this is our first pilot episode. 
It might have been a little bit rusty. I don't even know. I know I had a good time. You said you had a good time. I did. I'm really looking forward to it because just, you know, as we're starting right now, um, it's so exciting because we got so many things in place and we're just ready to go. One of the things that, Chris, that you mentioned about, we will be able to, like, we can bring your voice right on the podcast. We would love to have you participate yeah, in that. That'd be great. But maybe you're somebody who's like, I don't, I don't really want to, you know, be on the show. But you can still submit comments, questions, things like that. So we just, we really want to engage with the listeners. We want to, mm-hmm. we want to talk about what you want to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's other things too. We've got a whole team of people standing by, ready, waiting. We're going to also be taking prayer requests over our. Yeah, prayer, uh, war- prayer Warrior team is part of Fresh Road Media. They are poised and ready to go. Mm-hmm. So um, that's another way that you can be involved and and engage with us. And then, of course, like Chris, you said, standing with us financially. All these people, we have so many volunteers, so many volunteers who are like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. And they've come by and they're, and they're ready and they're willing and they're just waiting to go. And if you come alongside us financially, that's going to trigger the whole thing. And it's really going to be, I, I know it's going to be a thing that really encourages people in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't, it sounds so cliche almost, yeah. but it's really not, especially for this time in which we live. We really need to grow stronger and we need we need to unite and be bonded yeah. together. The The Bible talks about that remnant. The remnant, and, Romans 11. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and a remnant, if you look at a remnant of like a, a bolt of fabric, yeah. that edge, that very edge, that remnant fabric, it's tightly wove together. You can't... You can't rip it apart. Yeah, it's so it's woven so tightly together, and that's what we have. We as believers, we have got to start doing because. And right now, there's so much division going on, and I think God's really sifting. He's sifting. Mm-hmm. Where do you, you know? Choose this day. Where do you want to stand? Mm-hmm. And so we want you to be a part of the remnant as well. Um, and and this is just an exciting thing. Also, BibleIdiots.com, that's idiots with an S, BibleIdiots.com is where you can get any of my, that's my teaching platform if you want to hear the sermons that it's God really is It's really good. Um, that, yeah, <laughs> and I'm not just that's, saying that. That's going to be put under the Fresh Road Media banner. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's the deal. We ask God to send people around us, and then we put together, you know, it costs money to have a website and to have all the equipment we're broadcasting on and things like that. And so we did an estimation. It was going to come out to like $13,000, okay? And we were only, you know, 12900 short when we started praying. So believe it or not, God has provided all of that mm-hmm. right now. But that doesn't mean we have anything to go forward with. So we're trusting that people just like you will say, you know what? I can go give a one-time gift. I can go give a monthly gift. And yes, I'd love to see the movie Bible Idiots. And thank you for that as yeah. a as a thank you gift. And so that's where we're starting today. And that's where this this ministry is going. And again, we have we have no shame. We have no arrogance. We have no uh, inclination of of anything other than just trusting God and going forward. There Emily, go. final thoughts on the show today. Well, I just want to thank everyone who listened. And I want to thank everyone who has uh, decided to just prayerfully consider coming alongside us financially, but especially, I just want to thank the Lord for putting this work in our hands. You know, he, he, it's amazing. The God of the universe lets us 
dabble in his affairs. You know what I mean? That's just crazy. That's just crazy. And so I'm always thankful each and every day that the Lord has laid out tasks for us to do. And I'm just really thankful that God has condescended to give man his ministry of reconciliation. Well, I asked you to come up with your own sign-off for your own show, and you said, no, we'll just use yours. Yes, So for over 3,500 broadcasts, I have said, on behalf of my best friend and bride, Emily, my name is Chris, get into the Word of God today and go and serve your King. And I say that with Emily firmly being the boss of the show. (laughs) God bless you, and we'll see you next week.